Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo Studios. Great to have your company for the call on this Monday afternoon. Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it one hour. Let's bring them in. Nathan Somersandaran from Deep Data Analytics. Nathan, how are you? Welcome. Good to go. Jeez, it's hot in Sydney when Nathan <laughs> doesn't have his fleece on. Even for a Sri Lankan, it's hot oh, day. It is hot. <laughs> I, I've got it here. I actually wore it this morning. I just like looking down. I went, that's it. I've got to take it off. It's too much. Uh, no one can recognise you. Uh, Josh Barker from Macro is with us. Josh, how are you, mate? Good yeah, to good, see you. Thank you. Good weekend. Long yep. weekend. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, back into it. Jeez, it's going to be a uh, busy week ahead. We've got, uh, apart from just the inflation figure, out on the 31st, which is what, Wednesday, um, um, all the uh, half yearly results hitting out and earnings updates at the moment. So a lot to get through on Ausbiz during the week. Um, during today's show, uh, the first half hour of the call, we're going to take a look at James Hardy, Insignia, the old IOOF, uh, Ridley, Instec Pivot and Wildcat Resources. Uh, speaking of updates, I thought we'd um, take a look at Woolworths' as stock of the day. It's out with a trading update this morning, flagging challenging conditions at its New Zealand food division, saying despite early progress in its transformation agenda, earnings for the first half in that division, it will be 42% below the prior year. Given the weak outlook and the impact on higher interest rates and discounts, uh, Woolworths has decided to take a non-cash impairment of $1.6 billion on the FY24 first half results. Uh, Woolworths is also changing the accounting treatment of its Endeavour Group holding, which will result in a net loss of $209 million. Uh, so Woolworths shares a um, fair bit weaker today on the update as well. Mason, what did you think of it? It's been ham- <laughs> hammered a bit in the last few weeks, isn't it, with its stance on Australia oh. Day and the like? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, things are going wrong when politicians can beat up a supermarket. Yep. Uh, after a year where we've had historical high inflation, nobody cared. But now you care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's laughable. Um, I mean, I don't think that makes a huge difference, but it, it just comes to, look, Woolies is a great operation. So, I mean, if you're looking at supermarkets, it's the best. Um, so there's no doubts there. In this part of the cycle, investors generally go to supermarkets and healthcare stocks. So it's not really a surprise that the market moved into it. We actually got out middle of last year, um, around 40 bucks. It gets there every so often. It's slightly overvalued there. And the assumption was consumers will eventually struggle and that'll hit discretionary retail, won't hit yeah. supermarkets as much. But eventually it does. I mean, if you do the average analytics like I do, stand around the supermarkets like a crazy guy and look at other people's <laughs> what they buy, you, will, you would have seen in the last 12 months substantial decrease in the size of the basket. Yeah. So eventually that was going to come through and mm-hmm. it's starting to buy. Um, I don't think this is a surprise. I think this happens. But look, at the end of the day, this is not as slick, cyclical as discretionary retail, but it is cyclical. Yeah. So you'll get it cheaper. Um, I wouldn't be jumping in. I think the cycle remains weak uh, for the next six to 12 months. It's going to struggle. While there's, there's a fair amount of rate cut expectations priced in which will unwind. 
and that'll be negative for it. So I think in the low 30s, I'd be looking at it again. Right. It's a cyclical. So right. you can be patient and wait for it. It's it's a great operation. It's the preferred supermarket. But look, even the uh, best ones struggle when the cycle's against them. Uh, so yeah. no need to jump in. But when you look at that chart, trades in a range, does it? That's right. You know, just within a sort of 5 or $6 range, and yeah. that's it. So, you, I mean, it's it's... You, basically, you don't have a choice. There's yeah. not a lot of places. There's only a few supermarkets. These guys are probably the best. Coles has much better, much more capex requirement. Um, IGA can be quite volatile. Um, Medcash, I mean, in that context. So in that context, Woolies is still the preferred right. one. So that's okay. why you don't need to rush. Right. You buy it at the low end of the range. You can sit and wait for it. It pays a decent yield. It's not going to go broke. And you've got to go buy food. It doesn't yeah. matter whether you, you know, buy more or less. You're going to okay. buy it. Uh, Josh? Um, yeah, supermarkets are not one that we're opting to be in at the moment. Um, we've probably seen, you know, the share price come down with the markets going up. So it's probably underperformed um, quite a fair bit in the last few months in particular as the markets become more optimistic looking ahead, um, you know, almost getting into this Goldilocks um, period if, if we can sort of avoid that recession and rates coming off. So we've probably seen you know, names like this sell off um, and, and the discretionary stocks on the back of really strong retail numbers uh, coming through in November. Um, yeah, really sort of diverge. So uh, look, today's update's not great. Uh, they've got a pretty negative outlook, 1.6 billion dollars wiped off. Um, even at you know a large company like Woolworths, it's worth 44 bill. Uh, it's still you know 3.6% of the company yep. wiped off in one decision. So um, you know sort of head, it's it's taken against a goodwill, um, which I guess if you you know sort of buy into you know consumers and staff being quite negative on the company, goodwill becomes less valuable. Obviously, yep. maybe they don't have that name brand in New Zealand. Um, I'm actually not sure, um, but it's not one that we want to be in. Uh, they're opting for sort of weaker outlook and. It's such a low margin business. If anything yeah. gets squeezed, they're going to- So are you in supermarkets at all or no, you're just avoidable? Just avoiding the entire okay. sector all for right. lack of growth, really. Yep, all right. Let's get into the uh, stocks that you want us to look at. And uh, first up, um, Adrian wants a view on uh, James Hardy. Josh, is there growth in this? The world's biggest producer of fiber cement building products. Mm. Gone forever, has it? 1988. Yeah. Headquartered here in Australia, but big operations in the US, New Zealand, Europe, Philippines. Mm. Yeah, a lot of growth in this one. Um, mm. Whether that's been priced in is is, is the question that we're, we're sort of looking at. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's got really high expectations. It needs to do sort of eight to eight, $800 to $900 million of net income in this financial year. They seem to be on track, as you can see there. It's had a good year, has it? Yeah, that's sort of getting back up to its all-time highs. Um, they do have their quarterlies due on, on the 13th of February. So it's been going well. It's, it's been sort of upgrading its guidance and, and pushing forward. And, and they, they believe that the sector, uh, the housing outlook for North America in particular, has been quite strong. So yeah, it's just, a, a you know, I think long-term it does really well. Probably not looking to buy it or anything like that at these levels at all-time highs. Um, although that being said, the company and its directors are doing are doing that. They're, they're doing a buyback on market and the directors are, are continually picking up shares even at these levels. So, mm. you know, I think that, that sort of shows sort of long-term growth prospects of the business, but just looking a little bit more short-term, um, it's at highs, a quarterly is coming up in a couple of weeks. 
lofty sort of expectations on the company. So I'd be wary um, and I'd probably look to just see how they report and, and then look to... All right, to so if you're in it, would uh, you take profits? Yeah, hold, hold to trim. I'd probably be around these levels just de-risking. Right. But um, yeah, things are looking quite good for the company. So yeah, okay. not urgent sell. Mason? Oh, they're, they're the best in the sector, bar none. Um, right. They make money in a recession. Better than Boral? Oh, hands down. Better than CSR? Oh, everything. Right, okay. Uh, it's basically a play on the US um, cycle. They literally make money in a US recession. You right. can't say that about a lot of businesses. No. So uh, that's how good they are. Um, are they priced for that? Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the Dow Jones Home Builders <laughs> Index is more than double what it was pre-pandemic. Wow. It's about 40 or 25% higher than when it was, what it was in 2021. So it's not just them, it's the whole sector in the US. Everything US construction, it's gone straight up. And it's starting to plateau right now. James Hardy is great. I mean, look, the reality is everyone is um, basically um, in debt and they will add more debt and the house prices are holding up. Um, There is definitely a shorter supply, um, but then that's the usual cycle till things go wrong. Now, should around here, I'm not buying James Hardy. Um, if you're there, I'd probably take some money off the table. It's just right. risk management. Um, it is trading pretty high. It's not just James <coughs> Hardy. The whole sector has been priced for that. Yep. So uh, there will be a time that this cycle turns around. These right. are cyclicals, right? Yep. So don't get carried away. It's not a yield play. It is a pure price play. So you've got to manage your cycle. So you're pretty close to peak cycle. Um, so in that context, there's a fair amount of optimism priced in. Um, and so I would not be chasing this. I'll probably take some money off the table. It's a great business. You've had a great run. Yeah. You're here to make money, not risk it. All right. That trimming and yeah. taking profits off, would you rotate into another stock in that building sector or just bank bank the money and look elsewhere or, or wait for James Hardy to come... Uh, to pull back? I would look somewhere else because it's not a thematic just to James Hardy. James right. Hardy is the best, but it's yep. a thematic through the sector. So, uh, so you take profits on Boral now uh, and all the yeah, others. You do, right. you do. And James Hardy is the best. Right. So if you're taking money out of James Hardy and putting it to someone else, <laughs> right. you are taking on more risk. Yep. So I don't see the value in that. I would okay. look somewhere else where mm-hmm. the thematic is just starting rather than something that's priced in a fair bit. Okay. All right. Our next stock, uh, Nathan, comes from Leicester, Insignia Financial. Leicester says the old IWF. Um, Leicester says they keep on acquiring, and it seems they rarely add value. Uh, traded in and out for a nice gain about eight years ago. Tried the same a couple of years later, and it's a sea of red awaiting for the promised better times. Should have known better, says Leicester. As we pulled the account from a stockbroker, they acquired around them uh, and culture changed and not for the better. Um, Lester, obvious, you've been through the roller coaster of IWF and Insignia by the sound of it. Uh, Nathan, what do you think? Has Lester uh, got it right? Uh, Lester must love pain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it's a tough sector. It was a really tough sector. Uh, you're trying to pick a, a trading opportunity in a sector with landmines everywhere. Um, you know, the most popular ones back in the day, your Platinums, your um, Magellans, they're all being smashed. Yeah. Uh, and they're still going through that. The winners have been the platform guys, the hubs, the net wealth, they've done the best. Uh, and they're priced for that. And these guys are at a discount. 
it's basically you've got markets at all time high and fund managers at much lower discount. Almost all time lows. Yeah. yeah. What, what is the market telling you? Yeah. So there is no need to try and pick the turn here because if the markets fall, yeah, there are funds under management is going to go down. Outflows will come God. at the bottom. 822 I know. got to. I know. 212. But so if you're you in a, like if you've been through that like you've take, pain, if you've taken the pain, uh, just I mean this is the probably the dumbest thing to say, but you're not going to sell because right. you're psychologically attached to it. Right. Um, you've held it this far, then you're attached to it. Don't look at it. Don't add it. Just leave it. Let the cycle play out. It's not going to go broke. It's probably even if it gets into serious trouble, it'll probably get taken out by someone. Right. Uh, so you've got something there, uh, but. Look, this is going to take a bit of time before all the macro clears out. I don't see fund managers doing that great. It's right. not a specific to a fund manager. This is not the best fund manager, uh, but the overall sector is doing this. So no, no you need to rush. Wouldn't be in any of them. I, I would have right. put in. But if you're there, look, you know. So if you're there, hold. Yeah. And wait you're not going to sell. I mean, logically, you should not. You should sell and go somewhere else where you're going to make money. But they will never sell. But maybe wait till May and then yeah. early June. Talk to your accountant if you look at the tax had, side of things. Has big gains on yeah. something else. That makes maybe this logical is a, sense. A tax yeah. loss. Uh, Josh. Um, yeah, rip the bandaid off. I think get out of it. <laughs> you know, it's still, it's yep. still your hard-earned money sitting in it, so yep. it can be reallocated, especially in this strong market. If if we do well over the next couple of years, um, they're going through a bit of change management process at the moment, where they're trying to simplify the business, reduce costs, and um, improve growth. That's their words. Um, all seems like pretty standard business operation stuff. Um, pretty long timelines, so over the next three years, basically, is when they're gonna tr look to implement that. So um, it seems like they've just gone and acquired a bunch of businesses um, that haven't really had any synergies together and, and really worked well with each other. So uh, acquisitions without synergies aren't necessarily a good thing because right. you're picking up assets that someone doesn't see the long-term future in. So um, they haven't done it well. And I think, you know, the CEO of the last five years, um, he's leaving end of Feb. Maybe it'll be a good thing, um, as we've seen with the share price, but it's still uncertainty that that's going to be sort of negative um, towards the market. Um, I'd look to sell and, you know, something that's similar, maybe like a sole Pats, for example, um, mm. that you can sort of back the management a little bit more. Not the other fund managers, so that's why Solpats are not a different fund manager. But um, yeah, I think uh, that's just going to have uh, a better, strong track record, and you know, something right. that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, uh, Solpats would probably be horrified that you put them in this <laughs> fund manager sector, but they're, yeah. they're they're more a listed investment company, is it? And yeah. an investment group, is yeah, it? Like, it's a listed private equity. Yeah, yeah a little bit more direct yeah. access to yeah, the things right. that they're buying and selling. Yeah, like. Uh, would you put Seven Group into that uh, area? West yeah. Farmers yeah. as yeah. well, West, I suppose. Yeah. Goodman yeah. Group, yeah. Macquarie, yeah. Infratel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. look more yeah. at those sorts of stocks. Yeah. So that's a really good point. Okay. All right. Um, our third stock, Andrew wants a view, uh, Josh, on Ridley Corporation. Uh, Andrew says, new business acquisition. Is it time to get in? Uh, Ridley, of course, is in the production of stock feed and animal supplements. Recently uh, acquired Oceania Meat Processors, which is meat processing for pet food. Is that? 
Yeah, look, it, it seems to be doing well. Um, the, the stock's um, been on a pretty much perfect uptrend for a few years now, um, now at all-time highs. Yep. Um, they had that recent announcement of the acquisition, which I think is probably the, the short-term focus um, for the company. Um, it's rallied about 20 percent since that announcement so it's obviously been taken well if I had have saw it sort of on that it looked really good because they basically picked up that acquisition for about five times earnings um, it's earnings accretive within the first year so I think a really good acquisition for this type of business um, their PE is about 22 so you sort of got that immediate uptick um, but again it has rallied about 20 percent since that just been a quiet achiever really yeah. has it doesn't yeah. come up much on the call mm. but um Jeez, it's done all right for shareholders. It's unfortunately not one we've been involved in. Yeah. Uh, bit of a niche area. I think you probably want to understand the, the business really quite well, and it's not something that you know has been on our radar either. So well, it's an I'd ag it. business, isn't it? Yeah. And ag businesses are usually really cyclical, mm. but that Ridley hasn't. No. So, so I'd, I'd have it as a hold. Look, it's really strong. Um, just let this sort of run as a winner. Right. So... Would you take profits on this? Would you trim no. like you like said you'd do with James Hardy, or just let this one? I go? I don't think there's any anything standing out for me to take profits in this right. just yet. Okay. Um, I think yeah, the growth's still going to be there. All right, Nathan. Um, yeah, look, I like the thematic. Uh, we're in a number of the stocks. We're probably going to talk about one of them a bit later. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm a fan. Um, it's doing well. It is a small cap, um, but it's look, it's 900 mil. Um, and it's doing the right things. Market hasn't, it hasn't disappointed the market. Um, so it's in a continuous upgrade cycle. Yeah. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but it is trading at relatively high multiples. So if you think about, um, say, Elders, for example, which I think is probably agri-services businesses, it's trading at what, 12, 13 PE, uh, this one, 21, 22. There's a fair expectation. So for me- Why, why would that happen? So. It comes down to exposures, right? Um, so they were looking at the El Nino effect. Right. So the El Nino effect was supposed to get more cattle getting chopped up yeah. and less demand for feeds and fertilizer and all the other valuations and all that. So which yeah. is negative for elders, kind of helped Ridley. Right. Now, El Nino never played out like- Never eventuated over exactly. summer. So that's basically a non-event. So now you're getting the elders recovery story and right. Ridley is holding up. So right. Ridley is holding up. Uh, what we know from history with stocks is that they keep going up because they haven't put out any bad news. Right. If you get weaker than expected result, you will get hit. Yep. So these are not long-term holds. They are agriculture stocks. So you've got to play the cycle. So if you're playing the cycle, for me, Ridley's done well, manage your risk. I'd probably take some money and put it into elders right. to get like for light exposure and you diversify a bit. Uh, the negative news in Elders being beaten up, it's now bounced probably about 50% from the bottom. Um, and I suspect Elders will continue to climb. So in that context, if you get bad news from Ridley, you kind of diversify. But look, there's, there's no negative news for you to uh, have to sell it. Yeah. Um, I just think you've got to be cautious going into a result season where the expectations are relatively high. These mm. are, you always sell agri stocks when people have high expectations because your right. risk is always there. It's much higher than yep. a normal industrial. So the expectations are pretty high. Expectations in other agri-stocks are pretty low. Yeah. So you've got to manage your expectations. Okay. So I think just be doing some risk management. So even so far, only a week into earnings season, if you disappoint, you get absolutely hammered. 
Pretty much oh, yeah. every mining stock that has come out with an update is down five to ten percent. Yeah, it's just standard. Yeah. If you had bad news, you're down fifteen percent or twenty percent, right? Yeah. So this is this is what happens when markets are quite well priced. So you have to manage your risk. So you've done well in Ridley. The thematic has actually done well for them compared to the sector. So yeah. you're on a winner. Yeah. But just manage your risk. You've done well. Take some profits. Uh, put it into something else. Into welders. Or, yeah. Or right. anything else. What you think? Okay. All right, Les wants a view, uh, Josh, on Intertech Pivot, uh, leading global manufacturer of explosives, also in fertilizers and industrial chemicals, uh, 20 markets around the world. Mm. What do you reckon of Intertech? Um, well, it, it's sort of been drifting off over the last 12 months after being such a, I guess, UK beneficiary. So, um, you know, so 20% of the global supply um, in fertilizers comes from Russia. So it's it's sort of been drifting off uh, as I guess that sort of has, has dissipated. You can see there. Um, they had their update. It was okay. Um, I think for this one, so obviously in a downtrend, it may be bottoming out here. I, I'd put it as a hold. Um, I wouldn't have it as a buy, um, but definitely monitor that to see if it breaks lower. Um, if you can get improved prices from this as, you know, sort of the, the pressures on, on the fertilizer start to come through, then I think, great, take the profits then. Yeah. Um, but just maybe not sell it because you may be sort of getting at the on the lows right now. Um, but it's not, it's not an area that we see too much growth in moving forward. Um, we sort of think that we're, Towards the later stages of the economic cycle, these guys service a lot of their explosive side of the business to Rio, BHP, Fortescue. So I think as that starts to drift off more on like a two, three year basis, it'll, it'll start to drift off as well, being, the, you know, that's their yeah. clients. Had a good pop on the update though. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's just Thank sort God. of struggled to get higher though. So I think you're not going to get many updates from it. It sort of reports in that in that off season, right. um, no, no February update from from these guys. Right. We'll report next in May. So um, yeah, I think I'll just trade sideways in that okay. meantime. Uh, Nathan, yeah, they put out a half a billion capital return. Um, mm. uh, you know, always gets the market's interest. Um, oh, look, I think it's it's the play on the thematic. Yeah. So the food thematic still plays. Um, people tell talk about food prices coming off, and it's nice to when you look at percentage change over the last year. But the reality is, no matter what food price that you're looking at, the aggregate food price is still nearly 50% higher than pre-pandemic, mm. even now. So there's a fair amount of upside in food prices still there. Now, um, I think farmers are doing really well. All my contacts into the farming sector, agri-sector, they are not even remotely bearish. They are very bullish. Uh, the sector's doing well, they're investing, they're all doing well. So I don't see Incidec Pivot struggling. Uh, they've got rid of a lot of their bad parts, and this is not sexy. Um, I like boring stocks right now, um, and this is boring. And their potential is they could spin off um, the fertilizer business. Right. Uh, there's, that's the upside to it. They're doing capital return, which tells you that the balance sheet is good. Their management is happy. New manager, uh, CEO comes in, does the capital return. So obviously they're comfortable with where they are. I think the thematic is improving. It's not like in the current macro environment, people are gonna suddenly build explosive businesses or fertilizer businesses. Mm. So that's their protection uh, on the positive side. So I think it's an interesting one. I, I actually like it. There's a few fund managers um, on different platforms pushing their book. Um, I always like it when Instec Pivot suddenly gets a run. Uh, so it, it is getting a bit of a run. So I think that it's, it's a stock that nobody talks about. Um, I don't think the hot money is there. 
um, like Elders, um, it got sold down on the whole thematic. Yep. And now that thematic is turning around. So I think Instech Pivot is worth looking at. Um, it's not your exciting stock. Uh, it's not going to do 100% in the next year or two years. But it's a slow grinding, solid industrial business. Um, I think it's a lot better business than what it was probably 12 months ago, 18 months ago. So okay. I think it's worthwhile looking so at. So you'd well be enough. buying at these levels? Yeah, I'd be buying. Okay. I, I think the capital return um, kind of gives you a bit of support for the share price. Um, and um, as Josh said, they're not going to be reporting in the next cycle. Funny how fund managers like stocks like Elders and you know, Interdeck Pivot who don't report in the reporting cycle when valuations are pretty high. Right. can get these stocks uh, good parking spots for the next couple of months. Right. So there is an argument to be made. A lot of those non-reporting um, cycle stocks tend to benefit during that February, August mm. time. So okay. potentially that could be a winner. So this is, I like it. We've always been a fan of it for the uh, the food thematic. So I think it's a, it's a good stock. Okay. All right. Uh, fifth stock, uh, Peter wants a view on Wildcat Resources, the uh, Explorer projects um, in um, uh, gold in Australia, uh, West Australia, West Australian based group. Matham, what do you think of uh, Wildcat Resources? Yeah, I mean, the latest plays in the lithium side of things. Um, look, they just raised money. Um, yeah. The stock had a huge run. I mean, it went from yeah. almost nothing to. Okay, so this is, about this is the stock I was on a plane coming back from Telethon in October from Perth. And one of the cabin crew said, mate, <laughs> love the call. Uh, watch it religiously. Been in Wildcat Resources, bought it three. It's now 90. Yeah. And um, by the look of that chart, mate, I hope you sold. <laughs> yeah. uh, so soon after, you collared me on the flight back. Uh, oh, and yes. he goes, and the next one is Killy Resources. So... There's one to I sell should, then. I don't I, even know I about it. I should check to see how Killy's done yeah. since then. But uh, right at the peak of the market. Yeah, look, uh, the the taxi driver uh, <laughs> recommendation is usually the sign <laughs> that it's reached its peak. Um, look, uh, for me, explorers are tough right now. We've actually been very specific about commodities. We like the energy commodities. We like gold. Uh, we like uh, miners who are producing um, at the same time have some kind of a unique process that protects them from competition. Um, otherwise, you know, it's just getting bombarded. Everyone's right. getting bombarded. The simple one is go copper has underperformed gold for a good part of a year and a half. So that's telling me that the Chinese play into commodities is not biting. So right now right. is not the play. Um, if you're playing the lithium cycle, uh, look, everyone's got hit on that. I don't know where the bottom is. I'm not gonna pick a bottom. I'll wait and see how it plays out. Um, every and the other leading indicator is every time there is a CNBC article about a particular commodity being short of supply, right. the next year that underperforms. <laughs> uh, and we've had that on copper, we've had that at lithium, and I'm waiting for the next one. Um, so I saw uh, one on cocoa. Yes. The other day. <laughs> yeah, I know chocolates. For the love of God, God uh, the yeah. amount of chocolates I eat, uh, I'm going to be getting ripped cocoa off. Cocoa prices are right now. It has gone straight up. I'll oh, be looking yeah. at that too. And sugar. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, look, when you're an explorer and the commodities are not in your play, that is danger signs. I am. I. I don't. I would not be in explorers right now. It's just too risky. Uh, obviously, you have a high risk profile. Even if you have a high risk profile, you should have a stop loss. Well, you know, looking at the chart, I would have thought around 60 cents, you should have got out. And if you haven't, well, you know, this thing, 
Um, they've just raised money, so you got diluted for it. The people who had shares, the major guys, will probably throw money out because they've got the cheaper shares. Yeah. So this is going to be under pressure for a period of time. So uh, I don't see the few. upside. Okay. Josh? Um, yeah, explorers are interesting at the moment. I think there's there's a maximum of you know your portfolio that you want to be putting into companies that are not doing revenues just yet. Um, that being said, there's there's a couple of things to like about this company where you can sort of um, look to back, I guess those those involved. So Minres, um, the the company owns uh, 20% of this firm. Right. Um, they've got one of their mines that is sort of situated very close to to Fortescue's, um, also next to PLS and, and uh, Min as well. Um, so I think the location is probably something fruitful. Min see something there. Um, obviously it's had an incredible run um, up and then back down. Needs to find some support at some stage, so maybe you can sort of monitor that. It, it's gonna come out with a lot of drilling results in the first half of this year, so you probably um, really expect it to go higher on those announcements, but in the meantime, uh, in between, yeah, in sort between. Of tr- truth or dare, is that? Yeah, exactly. So very <laughs> speculative. Um, yeah. I think you're probably trying to, you know, play a small amount. Look, have those stop losses in place because it's probably going to drift lower in between right. those announcements as well. Um, but again, I think the most important thing is having a limited number of your portfolio in these exploring okay. companies. So a really good point. So I have a limited number. Would this be in that limited number? Um, I think so, yeah. I think it's good for a watch list. I'm not looking to catch a falling knife with this one just yet. Right. But, um, you know, look for signs of a bottom out and, and then, a, you know, movement to the next level. Um, but again, sort of be very strict with your allocation sizes and, and your your ability to get out as well. Okay, yeah, good point. All right, let's uh, recap the uh, first five stocks, including stock of the day, which is Woolworths. Uh, a no from both Josh and Nathan. If it drops down to the low 30 buck mark, uh, Nathan would be interested in getting back in. Uh, James Hardy, uh, take some profits at these companies done really well. Um, maybe take some profits off the, off the table to, uh, to get some money in the bank. Uh, Insignia, a hold from Nathan, a sell from Josh. Um, he just, you know, take the pain, you've ridden it down, uh, maybe rotate into Solpats, Washington H Solpats, a listed investment company as an option if you want to stay in that sort of thematic. Uh, Ridley, a hold from Josh, take profits um, from Nathan and rotate those profits into Elders, uh, same agricultural sector. Ridley's had a great run. Elders is bouncing back to catch up, so better opportunities there. Incitec, a buy from Nathan, hold from Josh, and Wildcat Resources, a no from Nathan, and a watch list from Josh. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy portfolio as picked by the investment committee, of which Nathan is on that committee. You can see the last committee meeting on the platform, osbiz.com. Now, in December, we didn't have a January meeting, February 1 is coming up very shortly. Back in December, uh, ResMed was added, Car Group and Johns Ling. Profits taken on West Farmers, RPM Global and MA Financial and funds up 21%. Uh, this half hour, really interesting batch. Um, Drone Shield, Zip Elders, BetaShares Global Energy Companies ETF, uh, Currency Hedged, and also Jumbo Interactive. Uh, Nathan, Tony wants a view on Drone Shield. Now, Tony says, my question is, 
why would this business founded in America choose to list on the ASX and not the NASDAQ? And would this business be worth a speculative nibble? I love your terminology. Um, it has similar ringtones to Ordinate. Ooh, that is a really big call, which for a period did not make a profit until it finally did and is now trading at around 100 times earnings. Tony, some great questions for the team here. Of course, um, Drone Shield develops and sells artificial intelligence powered hardware and software to detect drones used by the likes of terrorists and criminals. Um, Nathan, Tony. Sort yeah. of uh, thrown out a few challenges there. Yeah, Tony's but... trying to trap me. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel an entrapment, Tony. Um, well, look, I've actually followed this stock for a while because when it first came out, I went, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Eventually, there was, there's always going to be a security risk with drones. How do you manage it? There's got to be regulation, and there is regulations, but yeah, people don't follow most of the time. Yeah, uh, and, so, and regulation usually lags. Yeah, so there is going reality. to be yeah, exactly. It's it's like when uh, 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 Musk asking for AI <laughs> restrictions. Yeah. I have to laugh. Yeah. Um, but look, um, I, look, I am actually a fan. Um, the question is, there's a broker covering it, and they upgraded about a month and a half ago by eleven percent. Two fifty cents. Huh? That's your ten percent upside right. in a tech stock. With uh, let's not say it's ordinary. Look, it could be like you know. In time, this could be proven to be one of those ones that has the potential to go long. Right. It so you're be, saying it's not right, an ordinary. Right now, it's not. Right. Uh, the thing about ordinate was it proved its platform. Yeah. And then you have the luxury of growth in platform. That's why I always say Ordinate yeah. and Altium are the best platform tech. But they proved their platform and then made it a global standard. That's it. That's and then once yeah. you become a standard, um, it's like Apple. When you have to buy stuff, you need this pl platform to be able to use it. Yes. So it just becomes natural. Yeah. That's how you get organic growth afterwards, forever type yeah. thing. Um, so that's the advantage on a platform tech. This is not there yet. It, it is unique. Yes, you know, you have me. I, uh, the, the viewer knows me enough to trap me here. Right. Uh, so I'm, I am going to buy it and say it is interesting. But given that the broker is not giving you a huge upside and they are into the dream time stuff. Right. Um, so I think you're pretty peaked at the moment. I would not be chasing it. But it's, yeah, there's a lot priced in for it. But it could be. Uh, again, there's a lot of dreams out there. Not many of them actually eventuate. So it is one on my watch list. I am not chasing it, not in this kind of market. If you're in it like Tony is? Uh, if you've been in it. Oh, no, it, he's it, not. He wants a speculative, is it worth a speculative nibble? No, I think when you do, I love that word. Uh, yeah. I have to use that at some time. Um, if you're going to do that, you buy it when nobody wants it. Yeah. That's when you do these ones. Right. Because you're going to take a lot of risk where you can lose everything. Uh, but you don't do that after it's had a huge run. So right. it's, had, it's near all-time high. So right. um, I wouldn't be doing that on this one. But I like Tony. He's uh, trapping me. But okay. no, no, don't chase it. Not for you. No, if you're don't in chase it, hold it, it. Yeah, if you're in it, you hold it because right. you've had the run. You've got a bit of uh, buffer to play with. And hey, it could be something. And if I, you know, if we, we get proven that it is a potential platform stack, okay. you get the run. Josh? 
Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't put it in ordinate's category. Either. I actually think it's more like of a military sort of stock. So more similar to your EOS or your, your ASB, um, Austral, oh. so the shipbuilder. So yep. basically that's what the, the clientele they're looking to service. So it's not going to have those sort of blue skies like an ordinate. But um, look, I think regardless, it's, it's a business that sort of benefits from, um, you know, bubbling conflicts and, and conflicts going on. And I don't, you know, without going down the rabbit hole, it's probably going to stick around. So um, I think it's something that more so benefits from that. Um, just to answer the question of sort of why they would go on the ASX, it's sort of uh, the answers also within uh, his question. So you do get away with higher multiples on, on the ASX as opposed to the NASDAQ because they're oh, such right. big companies, they're such strong earning companies as well. You probably wouldn't see Ordinate trading on 100 times uh, earnings if it was on the NASDAQ because it's oh, better competition on yeah. that one. So, you know, perhaps that's the reason, but, uh, you know, without you know, being inside the, the brain of the directors, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, typically you get away with a lot sort of better yeah, valuations. We, we, do, we do attract uh, global techs mm. that have no operations or management even in this part of the world mm. right. for that reason. And yeah, he, right. And Mark's okay. right. I mean, he's bang on there. So you get wary when companies do that? Is that a red flag? Oh, I think you do. You do. Yeah. You do. It, it's interesting. It depends if it's an ADR and, and you've got a few other few other no. things like, you know, the ResMeds and stuff. Those are obviously pretty standard examples of it. So, um, yeah, it can be a risk, but it also cannot be as well. So I think looking deeper into into the actual business, I think, is the main thing to focus on there, not not whether it's structured right. that way. But, um, look, I think it's a good hedge on, on sort of political risks regardless. Um, probably not going to buy it at all-time highs, obviously. Um, however, However, um, it might be something to accumulate things quite down, but you still think that you know it's going to be an area that's used. Um, have it as so in it, hold it. Yeah, I'd hold it, and then obviously you're trying to look for pretty big pullbacks to buy this. You right. know, so your speculative nibble is not now as mm. maybe it is. Mm. And keep in mind, if it's speculative, you want a big pullback. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not like a Woolworths where it pulls back five percent and it's a good opportunity. Um, right. You know, you want those really big pullbacks on on the stock. Okay. All right. Uh, speaking of stocks that have had a huge pullback, uh, Sasha wants a view on Zip. The uh, financial technology company, of course, of course, got caught up in the big buy now, pay, uh, pay later fad that went through a couple of years ago, but it was founded in 2013. So it was sort of like a, a consumer finance organisation, uh, the way it started out. Um, Henry Jennings, in our um, advent calendar picks in the lead up to Christmas, picked zippers his stock to uh, to invest in, it sort of doubled in that time. Everyone thought he was mad at the moment. But um, Josh, what do you reckon with Zip? Is mm. this company that's had a massive pullback to mm. uh, attractive levels now? Yeah, I think it's early, but I think despite the share price, it's actually been quite a good business throughout all this. A bit of a victim of its own success yep. from that, you, you know, um, you know, euphoria we saw in the buy now, pay later sector. They're not just that, you know, they do have a credit offering, so the credit cards and personal loans. So, you know, they do have a lot of their business that's just a traditional uh, financing company. So, uh, look, revenues are still growing. They're getting into that profitability phase. Obviously, it's a very late. Um, there's a lot of companies that have done that six, nine months ago, and they've been the ones benefiting from, um, you know, potentially some 
people chasing those companies that are going into profitability now and we've probably seen that uptick. So that's 74 cents, um, which works out to be a 740 mil market cap. So it probably seems um, about right. Look, it's at a yearly high, despite, you know, just zoom in a fair bit there, I know. But um, yeah, yeah five think, year chart, it hasn't made a blip, has yeah. it? But uh, in that 12 month chart, it's done all right. Yeah. yeah. It's not something I'd be rushing to get involved in. Um, probably just have it as a hold at these levels and see how it goes. Okay. Nathan? Yeah, Zip had over 10% short um, about a year ago, or two years ago. And around September last year, it fell and then the shorts climbed back up about six, seven percent. Um, now about three percent. So oh. it's basically short covering does the cycle. Um, I can't imagine. So that's the reason for the, the blip runs, yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. you get short. So um, every time they have a, a decent result, uh, when you've got these kind of shorts, you get squeezed right. um, and you get the pop. Investment, there's multiple ways to skin a cat and short squeeze is one of them. Right. Um, and so the stock has done okay. I, I think the when you look at within a buy now, pay later, Zip's actually okay. But you have to remember that consumer debt has hit historical high level. Credit cards in the US is a trillion dollars. And their interest rates gone from 8% to 22% in credit cards. So you can imagine similar kind of trend into buy now, pay later. So there'll be a fair amount sitting there. Yep. Uh, so a slowing economy, slowing consumer spending, that'll all play out in buy now, pay later. So. I wouldn't be, 2024 is going to be a tricky year to see how this all unwinds. I don't know. I don't think anybody does. Um, the, the rate cut expectations are delusional um, and that'll unwind as well. So there is a certain amount of macro dynamics in an election year in the US is going to play out. And this that, December quarter um, CPI figure that comes out this week, that will really set a tone for the rest of the year, won't it? Um, I if, if inflation surprises on the downside? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think the, the, most of those kind of data sets, because the, it's a quarterly, we've already yeah. had a number of monthly data, so we kind of know uh, where things are. So it's, it's not going to be too far away from expectations. The interesting part that I, I find amusing in the market is a lot of pundits will call out, oh, inflation's come off, it's coming back and all that. Actual prices pre-pandemic to now are nearly 20% higher. Yeah. 20% higher, right? And so things I used to go to the supermarket and go, oh, it's a 80 to 100 bucks. Now it's 160, $170. Yeah. So I know from the average person is under pressure. So the consumer spending has been predominantly savings based yeah. because we all got a You're looking rise. for the trend in inflation. Like, yeah. uh, well, you need uh, inflation. December quarter's CPI last year was a shocker. The, yeah. the worst one. So that comes out of the mix. That's it? right. And, and, and also the biggest player is energy. Now, yeah. if you look at oil price, oil price managed below in the low 70s for the next six months. Yeah. So if you look at the next six months, right now we're sitting at 78, 79. Yeah. If that goes to 80, 81, hangs around, doesn't have to go up higher, comes hangs around there, yeah. then oil becomes a positive play yeah. for inflation over the next six months. So yeah. I think the rate cut cycle kind of gets delayed. So for me, the consumer is the, the main thing. It's held up longer than what people thought. Purely mainly, it's dead driven. Um, how long can they go? I don't know. But at some point, you have to pay the bills. And so that's what worries me about Zip. So it's a trading stock. Um, you've traded well, you've had the pop. So um, this pop? Yeah, I'll, I'll say when you get a pop like this in a stock with real risk, um, I would be taking the money and going somewhere else. Right. This so is you've got to sell on it. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Our next stock, uh, Daniel um, wants to know, Nathan, uh, the elders guru and number one fanboy, um, a view on elders. The Basically, it's an agricultural listed investment company. If, if you want exposure to anything agriculture, you buy Elders. El- elders is, it's got a bit of everything, hasn't it? Yeah, so it got hit on two things. CEO was going to leave, that is not happening, and El Nino, that yep. didn't happen. So we've had a, a substantial pullback on two things that didn't happen. So uh, we got in originally a couple of years ago, actually quite a few years ago, around six bucks. We had a run up, and then it collapsed on yep. the back of this, and now it's climbing up. So you were up, well, I think September low, it's 50% up. Yep. Um, and I think it's $10, $11 stock. Um, and then if, you know, if the farmers keep kicking goals, then it goes higher. Um, you, you know, it's hard to tell someone to buy a stock after it's run 50%, mm-hmm. right? We are there, we are positive, we think there's more upside. Uh, I'm not saying you go out and buy an agri stock after it's run 50%, yeah. but I'm positive on it. So that, you know, you take okay. what, what it is from there. So you've still got to buy on it. We still got to buy. On it. Okay, Josh. Um, yeah, I think I think it's recovering nicely, which is good to see after the last fundamental update. Um, probably not the the drought expectations that that we sort of had on on a lot of the the sectors. So um, yeah, I think even entering the dry phase, we, we've had a decent amount of rain. Um, so that risk has somewhat been alleviated. I don't think it goes back to $15 straight away. Um, how a lot of resistance for this stock and a lot of uncertainties potentially around the weather, potentially around the CEO you know, announcing he's going to leave again. Because I mean, you know, he doesn't want to stay on there forever. He just had to stay on for, for a period of time. So, um, look, yeah, I think in the meantime, it's paying a 5% yield plus franking. So I think it's fine to hold and, you know, sort of ride out almost the volatility between you know, sort of the 12 and and $7 mark. Um, And in the meantime, it's gonna pay you to be in it. So Mm. I think very cyclical company. Um, We've seen the lows um, and yeah, we're probably trending up to maybe the the top sort of third, uh, but not necessarily all the way. So hold for the time being, keep collecting those dividends um, and wait for better prices on this one, I'd say. Okay, all right, good one. Now, Phil wants a view, uh, Josh, on the BetaShares Global Energy Companies ETF currency hedged. And ETFs, I, I love their stock codes. Uh, this <laughs> one's Fuel, F-U-E-L, which is appropriate. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, this was one that I, I brought uh, on the show last Thursday, so I'm not sure if that's a coincidence or right. what, but it's just one that we like. Um, you know, we've seen the price of oil roughly bottom out. These are involved in every sort of value add from oil and gas explorers, refiners, uh, producers, obviously the transport and equipment around it. So very diversified, uh, a lot of US exposure, I think about 60 odd percent, no Australian exposure, um, which is good for clients' portfolios that are already full up on something like a Woodside or a Santos, which is right. only one company anyway. Yep. So it really adds a, a, a sort of different um, viewing on the portfolio. Definitely investment grade. This is, you know, very large businesses. Um, you know, you've got names like Shell, uh, Exxon, Chevron, those sort of businesses. So yeah, not going anywhere. They yield quite nicely, sort of five plus percent. It's just paid a yield, however, and it's more on a yearly basis. but. 
they're companies that will just pass on those earnings through through dividends um, if we have a, a high oil price for an extended period. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that the oil price has to go higher for these companies to make uh, money as well. More on the overall production levels, um, and we've seen that really be strong in the US. So yeah, this one's a buy for us. We, we've picked it up um, not too long ago, and um, you know we'll ride that back to the highs okay. at least. All right, Nathan. Yeah, is it a good way to get into that? Your bullish energy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I think the thematic is positive. Um, and given, if you look at the updates from mining, um, energy, um, I guess, drillers, um, outlook, there's uncertainty always comes in. And, you know, the average stock is down 5 to 10% on the update. So everyone is struggling on the update. So having an um, ETF type approach on multiple stocks, your volatility is going to be less. Uh, and you give up a bit of the return. I guess you don't get the big returns but it's a bit more stable. So if you want that exposure, this is a nice way to play it. Um, so I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I think it's probably going to be going up because I think overall thematic plays well. I mean, the best performing commodity over the last 12 months is uranium. Uh, coal is now recovering. There's uh, weather related issues with supply that's gonna hit them. And then oil, you've got geopolitics playing into it. So yep. there's definitely positive side for the energy sector. And I think that plays So it's well. not just oil, oil and gas, it is coal, it's uranium, it's yeah. got a bit well, of everything. Well, you're getting yeah. the whole thematic for it. So yeah. I think it's a nice way to get a, a sector thematic for me. They're all linked anyway. Yeah. Uh, so one drags the other. So when you and get- And offshore ETF, helps? Yeah, I mean, most people have a fair amount of Aussie exposure. So having some international exposure doesn't hurt. So, yeah. um, but then remember, as with any investment, because it reduces your volatility, your upside may not be as big, yeah. uh, but then your downside is not as big as well. That's the advantage. So depends on what you're after. If you're after uh, benefiting from the thematic without taking too much risk, this is a nice way to do okay. it. And the fact that it's hedged, currency hedged, is that a, is yeah. that a good or a bad thing? Yeah, I, I, I'm mixed on that. Um, in certain concepts, that actually work, uh, works against you. Um, so, you know, I'm a big fan of the gold sector. A lot of stocks who hedged their uh, production actually didn't perform as well. So you, yep. you have this thing when it hedge kind of doesn't help you all the time. Uh, but look, I think it's okay. I think it's, it's a nice way to, for a retail investor, you've already got enough moving parts in your head. So at least that's one less thing you have to worry right. about. So that yep. kind of works. Yeah. So you're happy yeah. to, with it. All right. Uh, our final stock is um, on the agenda today is uh, Jumbo Interactive. Uh, Lenny wants a, wants a view on this, Nathan. Uh, operates in the lottery sector. It's sort of, uh, they are, the company always classes themselves as a tech stock, sort of uh, met, uh, focusing on, on lotteries and uh, digital lotteries, Powerball, that sort of thing, Auslotto. Uh, is run by it. They do it for a lot of charities that you get emails on or you support an RSL club or whatever. That will be the technology that drives that uh, expanded into the U into the UK uh, in recent years. Yeah, first thing you do is go buy a Powerball. Um, it's a 200 million. Okay, uh, I'll take the one in 430 million option. Uh, but anyway. Um, but I they do, you know, that, that's a good driver. Yes, it does get for more. Lottery Corp and for the last couple of years. In. Yeah, last couple of years. Uh, yeah. Trust me, every man and his dogs bought a ticket. Yeah. Nobody wants to say it, but we all did. But um, they, and that's their big profit sort of it. draws. Oh, yeah. Uh, to a point where they even. So the government allowed them to change the algorithm, didn't they? So that they would get more of these, more of these. big ones. Just kind of 
cool and scary at the same time. Yep. Um, look, when they first started off, we, we always thought Tapcorp was going to just take out take them out. Why would you build something, just buy them out and make sense? Yep. Never happened. And they've had issues, but they've, they've reinvented. And it's actually a relatively okay business. Um, you, it's a good yield play. It's not an exciting play. Um, you buy this when everyone's um, worried about everything else because mm. as Aussies, we gamble a lot and yeah. we drink a lot. Those two things are pretty stable. Yeah. And so gambling kind of plays well into it. So um, yeah, it's a good place to park your money when things are tough. Month. It's yeah. had a bounce because of the 50 million to 100 million to 200 million. Right. Every, everyone's buying tickets, mm. right? I do. Yeah. So that's my disclosure. Um, so in that context, I think it's, it's got that upside coming in because they would have had a lot of sales going through in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but longer term thematic, it's a steady business. It's not going to shoot the lights out. It's not going to blow up. Uh, so I suspect it's going to be okay. Uh, market tends to buy these kind of stocks when other things look risky. The rest of the things are at all time high. So right now, no one's really looking at it. So it, I, I think you know, if, some, if someone wins the 200 million, this will come off, right? Right. And when that comes off, and if it comes back <clears> to <throat> near $13, then if you want a, a decent yield plan, this one is a good solid okay. plan. It's not my stock, but look, it works around $13. So not for you at these levels, but around $13. Um, and of course, uh, that big spike during the pandemic was because no one could, get, everyone was locked up at home, yeah. couldn't go to the news agent for your ticket, so you're bored online. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Josh, what do you think of Jumbo at these levels? Yeah, it, we like the sector. Um, however, yeah, this is a software as service platform. So right. it sort of gets the online access to all of the, the, the lotteries. So. We'd rather get that direct exposure rather than having the layer in between. Um, you know, it's still it's sort of gone sideways for an extended period of time. Still at a 29 PE. So, you know, you're sort of almost putting it more in the tech category rather than the, the gambling. So we just prefer to get that direct exposure. Um, we prefer Aristocrat at the moment. Right. Um, and yeah, Jumbo Interactive, I just think has that other layer of sort of complexity to you know, what you're actually getting exposure to, which is the, the higher levels of gambling. So right. um, yeah, I just think uh, it's a good business. I think, I think it will go higher and, and it's a good technology that it solves in, in the market. But um, yeah, still at pretty high levels considering uh, it's, it's gross. So aspects. not for you, but aristocrat in yeah, that sector exactly. is the option. All right, let's recap the, uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Drone Shield, uh, a hold from both Josh and Nathan. Uh, zip a hold from uh, from Josh. Nathan um, uh, reckons it's, it's had a good pop in the last uh, eight weeks. A good time to take your money and run. Uh, Elders a hold from Josh, um, but a buy from Nathan. Uh, the Beta Energy Global Energy ETF currency hedge. Um, if you want exposure to the energy sector, particularly overseas energy companies, uh, in Yes, this is a good one to get into from both Josh and Nathan both agree on that. And Jumbo, a no from both. Nathan would be interested around that $13 mark if there was a pullback to that. Uh, Josh prefers aristocrat in that sector. Um, Josh from Macro, really good to see you, mate. Thanks, Thank thanks you very for much me. for joining us. Nathan from Deep Data Analytics. Always great to have both of you on. Uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, 
Um, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us on X using the at TV handle. And as a lot of you did today, put in your own comments. Um, Lester trying to trap Nathan. That was a classic. We love that sort of thing. Uh, your own comments or questions makes it always really interesting and a lot of fun as well. So uh, uh, do that if you can. That's it for the call for today. See you same time tomorrow. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.